All right, so the Pope goes on vacation for a few days to visit the, the rugged mountains of Alaska, right? So he's driving along near a campground when he hears a frantic uh, commotion just at the edge of the woods. So he finds this helpless, uh, what, what does he see? He sees this helpless Democrat wearing shorts, sandals, and a, a vote for Hillary hat and a save the trees shirt. Right? So, and the man's screaming and he's struggling and he's thrashing about all, all around and, and trying to free himself from the grasp of a 10-foot grizzly bear. I mean, it's, it's a horrible sight. And, and as the Pope watches in horror, right, uh, this, a group of Republican loggers wearing Go Trump shirts come racing up, right? And, and one quickly fires a, a 44 Magnum slug right into the bear's chest. The two other men pull the, uh, I guess, semi-conscious Democrat from the bear's uh, grasp. And then using baseball bats, uh, the three loggers finish off the bear. And two of the men drag, uh, drag the, the, the dead grizzly into uh, onto the bed of their pickup truck, while the other tenderly places the injured Democrat in, in the back seat. As they begin to leave, the Pope summons all of them over to, to him. He just waves them over. I give you my blessing for your brave actions, he proudly proclaims. I've heard that there's been this bitter hatred between Republicans and Democrats, but, but now I see with my own eyes that this is just not the case. And as the Pope drives off, one logger asks his buddies, hey, 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 who was that guy anyway? And the other one says, dude, that was the Pope. He's like in direct contact with heaven and has access to all wisdom. Well, so the logger says, you know, he may have access to all wisdom, but he, he doesn't know squat about bear hunting. <laughs> By the way, is the bait still alive or do we need to go back to California and get another one? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I like that one. <laughs> and just to make it clear, folks, <laughs> this joke has no relationship to whatever we're going to be talking about after here. Well, we'll try to find a way. We'll try to force a fit, like we said last time. But no, it's 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 just a good one, right? It's it's about. Well, I guess it is about in the sense of like things are not always as they seem, and we will definitely be talking about that as we go forward in this podcast today. Um, okay, well, in fact, I, 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 will, I will talk about that. First of all, uh, one of the things that I know you, Ari, want to talk about and I want to get into is, uh, I guess it's three things. One is, uh, are Democrats ending their run? In other words, is liberalism dead or at least semi-conscious, like the bait that <laughs> this guy is all about, right? Um, and I want to talk about that in the sense of how their, their, their science, their facts, their arguments are all failing them in every, in every domain. And one of them is the global warming one because it's so emblematic, right, of everything else. And it's called Fudging the Numbers. Um, and, and that's why we call this podcast Fudging the Reality. Okay. Now, uh, Facebook, uh, you know, arguments, you're seeing that all the time as well. And, you know, I, I just... I'd love to deal with reality. I'm all about reality. So let's start off with global warming, okay? Because what you're seeing now is there's so much evidence showing that there's really nothing to this global warming business at all. And they have no problem, those who are the enthusiasts, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, about fudging the numbers. It's no big whoop, right? They say that the polar bear population is going to die out. Well, it's, it's now doubled in size since the Great Prediction, a capital G and capital P on Great Prediction. Yeah, we now have to go and hunt them. <laughs> well, the, bear hunting, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> you see? You see how, how, how easily we can connect these jokes to our, our topics? <laughs> we are brilliant, i got to tell you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the, the, the Arctic Ocean also, I mean, the, the ice caps are not melting. They're, in fact, incre increasing in size. Uh, the, the temperature is not increased. If anything, it's actually slightly decreased over time. Um, every, every major prediction that Gore had made, the, the great messiah of the global warming movement, uh, uh, correction, climate change movement, uh, has been wrong. Every single one. Okay? They, they just they can't say it with any accuracy, and yet they want us to change our entire lifestyles. Well, they say, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look, it's, of course it's not an exact science, but that's where we are going. We are clearly going, you know, we need to, you know, tweak the numbers a little bit so there's some flaw in the computer programming for sure. But once we get that right, pff, 
It'll be the same message. You know, don't get us hot and bothered by these slightly different things. Okay, you know what that's like? That's like giving a phone number to somebody and saying, well, I'm only one digit off, right? <laughs> I mean, if you, if, if, you, if you have, you know, of a 10-digit, typical with an area code, 10 digits, and you, one of them is off, guess what? You're not going to reach the person that you intend to reach. Especially if they don't tell you which of the 10 digits well, that, that's is the true wrong too. one. Yeah. If you tell me, well, it's the fourth one, okay, I can work with that. <laughs> right. Oh, that's a good point. You don't know which one is wrong. Right. That's right. That's very smart. Yeah, if, if, if I, we live in the 310 area code. If, if I said, oh, his number is 310, and then you dial 311, you might be able to figure it out. But nevertheless, uh, if it were any other number, you might be a challenge. Anyway, you get the point. But, it, but they think that somehow it's the equivalent of, okay, I'll dial this number. It's more or less the same, same guy. You know, if you dial it with one digit off, you, you know, you'll get somebody more or less like the guy you're trying to call. <laughs> like, Some, so, someone's paying a phone bill for that number. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll no, no. Yeah, it, if, I'm, if I'm trying to call Ari David right now and, and uh, I get one digit off, well, I'll get a guy named Avi Davis. You know, maybe somebody who's very much like him. Conservative, maybe not as conservative, but still more or less the same, about the same age. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the way they think. It's, you know, but no, numbers matter. It's a big deal, right? If, uh, I mean, you know, what happened with um, one of the great NASA blunders is that somebody forgot to convert uh, sterling numbers into the metric system, and they, they totally flubbed it up because of that simple, simple reason. It just, Matt, scientific numbers, if you're going to make these claims, you better be accurate. You can't be one digit off, as it were. So, look, I mean, I can, go, I can go to town on this one digit off business, right? Like, I was born in the early 60s. Maybe you'll get someone who was born in the late 60s, you know, and, and so on down the line. Or maybe you'll get a transgendered version of me, if you call me, right, with one digit off. That's very exotic. Right, that's I think very, so. That's very hip for now. That's you right. Know, that's what's going on these days. <laughs> you might as well. But this is, this is the way they think. So fudging the numbers, they don't have a problem with that. Have you noticed that? And I, I, it greatly concerns me. This is not just an attack on global warming, which it is. But it's actually an attack upon, upon reason itself the way that they are addressing global warming. It's as if you can, I, I, I remember once, I remember once this, this girl that I dated, uh, a very nice girl, I broke up with her. She, she didn't take it well, okay? We, we didn't date for that long, she just didn't take it well. And she, she was quiet about it. She, she didn't destroy things or you know, blow up my car or anything else or, Take out the brake fluid or, you know, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. someone else did that last yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, that's another girl altogether. <laughs> I have some problems with these girlfriends. No, I, really, I, don't ha- I, I didn't really have that too many breakup problems, but this one was an interesting one. But she didn't do anything nasty like that. Okay. But then, they, like, she kept up the friendship, but inside she was simmering. She was really angry. And she was a beautiful girl. And who was I to break up with her? You could, you could just kind of feel it. But still, she seemed to handle herself just fine. And then one day, about a year later, believe it or not, she invites me to a function with her family. She needs a date. And could I join her? And of course, we're just going to be you know, friends, not boyfriend, girlfriend. But can you please be my date? And then while we're there at the date, she's, she brings this other guy and you know, he's trying to make me jealous. And I'm like, I'm not, I already have another girlfriend in the meantime. But nevertheless, she tries to do this. And you can see her. And she's getting drunker and drunker by the moment, by the way. I don't drink very much, so I, I'm very sober at this point. And so she, tell, she, she goes on and on. And she's whispering to her family. And they're all nodding their heads and such. And then at the end of the evening, when she's at her drunkest at this point, she's sitting down with me. And she says, Brooke, I want you to know you can tell me anything, anything at all. And I say, Okay, thanks. <laughs> and she, she goes, no, come on, come on. You, you know, you're with me. You can tell me anything. Am I sounding like a good drunk, uh, drunk person? All right, thank you. It's thank working. you very much. It's false. working. Yes. And it goes on and on like this for 10 minutes. And that's a long time. You know, you can tell me. <laughs> and I said, what is it that you don't, that you don't get? I, I don't have anything to tell you. Come on. And at this point, by the way, I'd lost a lot of weight. Because I'd gone from eating a lot of meat to being a vegan, and I, 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 
I lost weight. That was a very, it's, a, it's the quickest way to lose weight. If you're really heavy, get rid of the meat, get rid of the dairy. Okay. And I was slender. She hadn't seen me at that time. So you looked hot. Oh, I don't know if I looked hot, but I definitely looked thinner. Okay. So I appreciate that. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't need your sexual tension with me right now, Ari, because I think the listeners want to hear our, our you know, cogent, brilliant analysis and not to let this romance that you obviously have toward me interfere. Thank you. Be professional, man. All right? I'll put my pants <sighs> back on. <laughs> okay. <now that's, laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't know what I, I can't work under these conditions. Anyway, so, so this woman is keeping going back. You can tell me everything, Brock. You can tell me everything. Right. And then finally it dawns on me. And she says, Brock, I know you're gay. <laughs> All right? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, <laughs> just a second. He's like, so <laughs> I said, no, uh, I'll call her Jane. No, Jane. Uh, you know, and she, and she concluded that the reason why I lost weight is I, I, I you know, I'm yeah. dying of AIDS, you know, right. and this is because it, it was kind of typical. Well, it was, it was actually like 10 years after, but nevertheless, at the, the time of AIDS and all this stuff. And, and not to make fun of people who are suffering from that, but that's what she decided to, con- to conclude. And I'm therefore, you know, right. no, no doubt I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on some sort of cocktail, <laughs> medical cocktail to alleviate the pain that I'm going through. <laughs> You can tell she's looking for, you know, like the sores on my face or something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, and and right away, I didn't even address it. I simply said, Jane, the reason why I broke up with you is because you're not Jewish and you seem to have some anti-Semitic values, okay? (laughs) I was a little bit concerned about it, okay? And I just don't think we have the same values. It's okay. I think you're beautiful, and she goes, no, no, it's not true. And I said, listen, you're beautiful. I, I, I just, it wasn't you, it was me, right? And this is the, why do I bring this all up? It's be, because, precisely because of this same sort of thing. They invent these stories. They concoct this, this incredible thing that they throw at you. The facts don't matter at all, right? And this is the way it was with climate change. They, the, the numbers, they had to force this fit, as we talked about force fitting before. And I, I just found it very interesting in the global warming arena. Truth did, just doesn't matter at all. And, and the reason why I bring it up, oh, and, and, and she, she said, as part of her proof that I was gay, is that when she was talking to her family, you know, in the background, I was only noticing her murmuring, uh, well, all my family thinks, thinks you are, you know, uh, at this point, you know, because just this moment, it's not as if they had been thinking this for years and years. It's just this one moment, this one night, because, you know, I was thinner. Therefore, I must be. So she, she, she says this. And I said, do you think that you can vote me into being gay? <laughs> like that you. you if they, if they, is there a popular Yeah, vote? it's consensus. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, and therefore, oh, who thinks, uh, you know, John is gay? OK, well, then he's gay. Thanks. Next next uh, victim. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Who thinks, uh, you know, Sally is a lesbian? Oh, you do? Okay. Lesbian. You're a lesbian. Go. Next. <laughs> and, 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 but it's the same thing, right, with global warming. They, they tell you, well, everyone believes it. I mean, putting aside the 97% scientist crap that they throw, I don't even delve into how, how nonsensical it is and how it doesn't make economic, uh, sorry, uh, empirical sense whatsoever and how there's a flaw in the reasoning and such. But this notion that you can vote Science. This is what we think. Everyone agrees. And if you don't agree, you're, you know, you're a climate denier and all those, that nonsense. This is the, it's bandwagon science all of a sudden. Weird. 97% very, very... of the scientists all believe the Earth is flat. Thus, <laughs> it's flat. Right. <laughs> How about this? 97% of scientists believe that Barack is gay. Right? It's like, well, why not go there, too? It's just, you see how comfortable I am with my heterosexuality, folks. Right, maybe my wife is going to be concerned at this point, but whatever. (laughs) So, um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I feel like I have to say this. Uh, This is not a PC show, but I'll say a PC comment anyway. All right. So, fudging the numbers. This is what it's all about, and it's it really is just like changing that 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 number on the phone number, or so many other things. I mean, you you, if you don't have the right combination of uh, for for launching a rocket into space, guess what? You, you ain't going to space. That, that 
rocket may explode. It has to be really accurate. Okay, you can't play funny with these things. You know another thing, another area where you have to be very precise, you can't be even 1% off? Directions <laughs> to go anywhere, right? I mean, put, put aside ways for the, for the time being. In the old days, you would give directions. Well, you take a right at the first uh, gas station that you see there, and then you go uh, three or four blocks, and you'll see a rotary. And you, take, you want to take the third right uh, that you see on the rotary. Not the second, but the third and then there'll be this guy, there's a statue of a guy named Bob. And, and he's, oh, he's, anyway, so you go on and on like this. I'll tell you something. If you're wrong on any one of those things, if you say the second right instead of the third right, and you forgot to mention that, didn't make that clear, that person ain't coming to your house. He's, he's, he's going to be lost at some point. And he'll have to backtrack and it's, it doesn't work. It's the exact same thing with global warming. Exact same thing. And you better be right. And there's so many, here's the, here's the problem, is that there's so many avenues to be wrong, many more avenues to be wrong on global warming slash climate change than there is giving directions to anybody, right? I mean, you, again, just one is enough to, to make you go get lost, right? But in global warming, there's so many opportunities uh, to, to say nothing of the... Um, uh, the temperature thermostats that are supposed to be uh, right near these buildings and such that are slightly off. And this is, these are the, the various thermostats that they're using to measure the, uh, the whole world's temperature. And then, of course, all these assumptions that are made by these human people called human beings that are programming these computers that are supposedly telling us that we're all going to die. Okay. So, uh, or that we're all going to be underwater at least. It doesn't dawn on them that it might be imperfect. That's, that's the problem. It's like, there's too many analogies. It's like slurring all the telephone numbers, slur, slurring all the, uh, here I am slurring, slur, slurring all the, the directions to uh, my house or whatever it is, and then expecting people to get it all right. It doesn't work that way, right? So but fudging the numbers seems to be not a problem for anybody, and it's fudging reality. That's why we call this podcast as we have. It is. And I see this now, and, and the two other things I want to talk about, and it leads, I guess, to the second point, which is this notion, and, and Facebook and otherwise, I, I, I'm afraid once in a while I'll get into a discussion with somebody uh, regarding conservatism or atheism or anything else, you know, because I'm a deep believer in God, so are you. And these people will, will throw out these, these arguments that have absolutely no evidence evidentiary value whatsoever. For example, recently, we, we hear Trump being called a racist. Okay. And the, the, the initial, put, uh, the initial uh, posting from a friend of mine said that he's the KKK-endorsed Trump. To which I wrote, I said, look, even assuming that that's the case, so what? I mean, does that mean that he in turn endorses the KKK? That's what you want to imply, but that's not a fair implication. When you, when you show me that he endorses it, whether today or 20 years ago or 40 years ago, then we can talk, but don't make this leap. That's not fair. And, and we didn't say when Obama became president that no doubt some communists and left-wing nuts uh, had supported uh, this, 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 this President Obama. And we didn't say that in turn that he supported communism. Well, I did. But <laughs> whatever. Did. No, but, but it wouldn't be a legitimate argument to simply say, I, I, look, I think that he has, you know, radical ideas and such, and, and they might be communist ideas for all I know. Uh, and I think that he has anti-Christian ideas and all those things. But it would not be fair to say that the proof is in the fact that communists supported him. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right? The proof, the proof is in... Things Other things that are provable. Yeah, and and we, we have more proof, proof of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but his disdain for the West is clear. We we have plenty of proof for that. But again, the point is, you can't say that somebody is belongs to the very group merely because that group endorses him. Right, right? It's, it's like saying a football team has drunken fans, thus the team supports its fans getting drunk. Exactly. Yeah, another good example. Uh, it's too easy in a sense, right? Yeah. So. Uh, you know, this is their argument. So I, it ended up devolving into whether or not Trump is a racist, generally speaking, and they, they, they couldn't get around it. So what do they, they throw at me these different things. One is that, you know, he was sued for uh, housing discrimination. Um, and so I respond to that, well, but he was sued. But a lot of people are sued for a lot of crap. 
doesn't make, make it right. And I think we're still in a country where you are uh, innocent until proven guilty, or certainly you're not liable until you're found liable. It's called burden of proof. They respond, well, the court of public opinion thinks differently. Right again, the popular vote. So I said, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you think you can vote truth? This is the voting of truth, right?" Yeah. Well, uh, also let me stop right there. As a as a lawyer, yeah. Okay, I love it when people says, and I know you'll get a kick out of this. I love it when people says, "Well, the what you said, well, the court of public opinion." There is no court of public opinion. Right, There's that not. doesn't exist. Yeah, it's just a play on words. <laughs> right. It's, it's what you think it means. Yeah. It's who's what you the, want to mean. Who's the judge in yeah. the court of public opinion? Right. Who's the jury? Right. You know? <laughs> uh, well, and we'll talk, I mean, look, I mean, for example, we, we found out that uh, Trump's statements about the inauguration attendance is actually right. We found out that weapons of mass destruction did indeed exist in, in Iraq, but the court of public opinion, or at least what they wanted to be, says otherwise. But, but this is the way they think, and they're allowed to just kind of vent this stuff out. And and I say, look, I'm a lawyer, and some of you that I'm speaking to are lawyers, and you, you know better than this. You, you can do better than this, is what I said. Come on. I, I want a really good debate. Show me that he's a racist. I want proof. I want evidence. Not speculation. And one guy actually literally said to me, well, I know people who know Trump. And presumably, they said to him that Trump, you know, he's a racist. Okay, that's not good evidence by any stretch, right? Putting aside that it's speculation, putting aside that it's hearsay, right? And they're, they're really valid. These are not technical objections, folks. These are real objections that, that don't stand up in a court of law, not, not because we're trying to trip people up, but because they are inherently unreliable. That's why. In other words, um, there's the, 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 their, uh, their lies, right? <laughs> their lies. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and not only that, but it's also the way people say it. What does it mean, to, you know, uh, if somebody says, you know, Trump uh, made a snide remark to that janitor over there? Okay, and the janitor happens to be black. Okay, so the guy decided to interpret that to be that I, I think that Trump doesn't like black people, where 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 he was just really a little bit upset because the, the you know who knows what the conversation was. So it might be accurate that he was snide to this janitor, but that's not accurate to say that that his interpretation of the event was was a racist event. That's why it it doesn't work. That's why it's so inherently unreliable. You need to have the actual janitor there, so to speak. This is what he said to me, and this is how I replied. And that's, that's, that's the way it works. But they had no problem. The very astute and, and a, uh, presumably mature people throwing out these things as if they're fact. The other thing they argued was that Bannon uh, you know, is a racist. Well, proof positive. He hired Bannon, boom. And I said, Bannon's a racist? Proof, please. Please tell me. And please don't throw me that thing where he said he was at a, at, a, at a school once and wondered in the school library, he wondered aloud, why are there so many books about Hanukkah here, the Jewish holiday Hanukkah? Da, 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 da. That must mean he's anti-Semitic, right? And so then another guy writes back, but in his divorce papers with his wife, his, his wife said that he was a racist. Okay, putting aside that perhaps she might be angry with him for divorcing her, right? As if... As if all other divorces, it's clean, you understand. There's no emotion whatsoever in any divorce proceeding whatsoever. This is, this is something you're relying on. But again, they, they hear what they want to hear, and they fudge the facts to fit with the reality that they want. It's sad, it's wrong, and it's happening. Now, that leads to a third point, um, and that is the, the what Ari wants to talk about, which is the possible demise of liberal thinking, maybe even the Democratic Party altogether. Explain. Well, the Democrat Party is like a soldier on a battlefield who's all alone now because the Democrat Party's army, which was known as the media, is gone. Yeah. And so the Democrat Party's lone soldier is still fighting the same war as if the media uh, legion of troops is effective, is armed, and can fight back yeah. on their behalf. But they've been swept off the battlefield. So you see people like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi riding into battle with all the bravado and confidence they used to have when they rode into battle against George Bush. Yeah. But now the support troops are gone. Right. It's and like you love analogies. It's like um, Napoleon invading Russia and all the food supplies of <laughs> supply lines are right. gone with all the food. Yeah, that's true. They, 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 their major wingman, the media, is gone. 
and 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 I think you said it very astutely before that the media um, is too busy fighting for itself and defending itself because a certain man, his name is Donald J. Trump, he happens to be the president now, uh, is is pushing back at them and forcing them, and not only holding up a mirror to them, but also forcing them to to spend a lot of time defending themselves. And in the meantime, they can't back up the crazy Democrats' mantras, such as make America sick again and other things that, that are just not landing uh, in, in the political discourse. Right. Like, for instance, the other day after the Gorsuch nomination, Nancy Pelosi says anyone— By, by the way, who, talking about Gorsuch, the Supreme the Court Supreme nominee. The Supreme Court nominee. Okay. Uh, Nancy Pelosi says anyone who supports Gorsuch or, or no one can support Gorsuch who drinks water, who breathes air, or who eats food. Um, my response was, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, they did not vet that one. Yeah, that, that one, uh, they're, the, they're the focus group. Blind. There was no yeah. focus group here. Or, or thinking that screaming about the non existent Muslim ban, it, the idea of a Muslim ban. Oh, they, uh, so, they so wanted that to be. Uh, right, but the hold case, on, but, hold on. All right. The idea of a Muslim ban is incredibly popular. It really is. But there isn't one. But they're screaming about it. So the media and the Democrats are screaming about a Muslim ban that isn't, not realizing that when they scream about it, they're screaming about something that is very popular, which is banning people who share an ideology that's hell-bent on the destruction of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. Uh, they, the, the Democratic Party – I mean, look, we saw crazy things happening, and we talked about what it takes to influence people, right? We, we – we, last week, we spent a, a good deal of time talking about the, the Women's March. I think that's what they called it, right? And it was so poorly uh, executed. It, it was planned well in the sense of, you know, getting everyone there and making sure the metros would take everyone yeah. for free. And right. Things they like gave that. good instructions to the address. Yes. They got that part the, right. The address is the fine. The phone number worked. Right. right. <laughs> and, and to their credit, there was not a lot of uh, violence and such. But, but, they, they, they went all the way and they forgot you know, the, the speech, you know, somebody forgot to give them the speech itself to, to actually speak eloquently and with passion and with purpose and with logic, more importantly. And it was just a bunch of people that are screaming. They were wild women and wild men, for that matter, just saying the craziest things. And, and you wondered, what do you want from me, first of all? How can I, how can I help you? What, what is it, right? How may we provide you excellent customer service today, <laughs> today ma'am? And, and then the person just saying, I, I don't like aliens invading the, the, the earth. All right, well, we're, we're not quite an alien-stopping uh, organization. Uh, we, we, we're here to sell tires, ma'am. Uh, well, uh, tires, are, <laughs> tires are infiltrating the, the, the world. Okay, um, can I help you with that somehow? I want you to stop those tires invading the world. All right, um, I'll do what I can. And another thing, and they keep on going on. And it's, it, the madness just kept on going, and it was so angry, and there was such a screed, and it landed on nobody. It did not, it did not convert a single person. A convert, it didn't convert a single person who was not already converted. What, it was what, what, a pure preach to the choir. Oh, a pure, pure preach, but it was, an embarrass, uh, to, it was a preach to an embarrassed choir. I have no doubt that most of the people that heard Ashley Judd and other people like her were saying, oh, man, this is not coming out really. I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit embarrassed. That's a little too far. In fact, it's very far. Uh, you could say it a little bit differently. You know, <laughs> don't speak like that. And these are the same people who think that, that Ann Coulter is, is screechy. Excuse me? Are you, are you kidding? I mean, look, I, I agree. Ann, Ann Coulter is a, an outlier. She's extreme in her language. But she's effective and she's very well informed. And for crying out loud, she's organized in her thoughts. You guys had no idea what you're talking about. And she would never say this nonsense. Yeah, it's, and also... She, wouldn't, she would certainly not say this, the first thing that comes to her mind like Ashley Judd and so many others did. Or Madonna blowing up the White House. Oh, uh, you know, that's what she It just would never cross her mind. And um, but They also turned away a lot of people. I, and we said this before. I said on my Sunday show. I think they, they don't realize it, but they are, they are creating so many little Republicans right now, especially among the young people. They, they saw Trump's wave take over, not just for the presidency. Yes, he, I know he lost a popular vote and such, but don't, don't forget that the country saw a, a dramatic turn in governorships and state legislatures and everything else. The country has turned Republican. 
For now, I get that, but good for now, I think that impressed a lot of people, young people, impressionable people. And what do they have to see, the, the fight on the other side, to, to support them to say that, hey, we Democrats still have a voice? Ashley Judd and, and Madonna and, and Obama and Michelle, who, who have nothing to say, uh, talk about tired politics. Uh, talk about screeds that don't, make, don't land on anybody. These pe- they, can, they are converting people for us. Right, and Pelosi today, uh, and we're recording this a couple days before you guys are hearing this, Pelosi today uh, had a, a town hall in which she was asked by a victim of violence by an illegal alien in a sanctuary city uh, about sanctuary cities, and Pelosi said, sanctuary cities haven't killed anyone, and she answered the ver- a victim of this. Wow. So for, wow. for, uh, think about the levels here. First of all, the Democrats running these places have turned these places into a disaster. Trumpism will start to fix these places, and the inhabitants will know the change was Trump, so they're more likely to vote for him next time. Yeah. Second thing is it totally undermines their own narrative that they're the party that cares yeah. because they're showing absolute callousness. And at the Women's March like we talked about last week, the main thrust, <laughs> pun intended, of, of the Women's March was a response to Donald Trump's perceived vulgarity. Yet the women's marchers and Ashley Judd and Madonna engaged in unspeakable vulgarity. You don't respond with, to vulgarity with vulgarity. You respond with vulgarity with class. Right. And then the idea of the popular vote, uh, you know, this whole consensus idea, falls flat on its face for the very reason that a ton of people who are more conservative than Trump didn't necessarily give their votes to him this time and had a sort of a skeptical wait-and-see attitude. But based on his first 12 or so days in office, uh, a lot of them are going, I didn't know he was that conservative. Yeah, I right. like this. That's right. Now, I'm, I, I might be or you might be skeptical and go, well, you know, let's just hope he doesn't get squirrely on us at a certain point. But it doesn't look like he's right. going to be doing that. And if he stays the course on this conservatism, he will win the popular vote in four years for re-election by a gigantic margin. Yeah, that's right. You just stayed the course. That's exactly yeah. right. And one, one more quick point about this. Think about all of the Republican and conservative voters in blue state after blue state who year after year have stopped showing up to vote in these national elections because of the electoral college system knowing, well, it doesn't matter if I vote and probably the Republican will lose. And think about how what Trump is doing is going to fill them with confidence. Right. I mean, this yeah. is yeah. this Democrat Party does not know... How And I should say the leftist control of it is on the edge of complete collapse, which is a great thing because I think we've discussed before, what do we want? We want a vibrant, viable, pro-American Democrat party not controlled by leftists that acts as a counterbalance to a conservative Republican party and holds them accountable to voters. Yeah. So that because one party rule, no matter how constitutional you say you are, is not a good thing. Well, we want we want a, a strong Democratic Party, but it, but what does that mean? A, a strong de- Democratic Party, a strong Democratic Party doesn't do the things that they're doing. They don't fudge the numbers. Any yeah. party should not fudge the numbers, and uh, you know berate people and and screech at people like they're doing. That doesn't work. And and look, what are the th- the three things that God wants of us from the Torah? One, uh, to seek justice, to be compassionate, and to walk humbly with God, right? And the walk humbly with God in particular is very, very critical. I mean, all three are very critical in their own way. But I I love the walk humbly with God because by definition, it seems that God knows that if you really want to influence people, be humble about it. Be a good example. Don't screech, okay? I mean, I didn't even realize it, but I have converted many people to veganism. I mean, and I'm not a pure vegan, by the way, but I because I do eat fish. But in, in all other sense, I am a vegan, and people have changed, and I didn't even realize they were doing it. And I, they're te- my former clients are telling it to me, friends are telling it to me, and I, it's not as if I was trying. And they said, and I said, well, why? I mean, that's great to hear, but what happened? And he goes, well, because of you, Barack. And I, and I'm so flattered. And I said, what did I do? And he's, and they said. You just, I don't know, you, your energy level's good. Um, the things you talk about, your health, it's, it's good. And you've lost weight. And, 
and frankly, that's what you know I want to pursue. I want to have the same thing. So, look, and that's good. But it taught me something, which is all this, all the uh, demands and anger that we may express on our end is not landing the same way that we intend it. Right? It's like when you call somebody a jackass, you're a buffoon, or they they don't they don't hear it the way that we want to land it. Right? So, it, it, we had a whole podcast about that. They, they don't hear it that way. And likewise, you know, if you're demanding and you're saying, oh, you're, you're stupid if you feel this way or anything else like that, it, it doesn't land. The best way you can do is to say, what can I do to hear what you're saying? What are, what are your arguments? Have you th- and then say, have you thought about these arguments? This is where I'm coming from. This is why. Look, we're not going to convince each other. That's fine. But I'm just saying, this is what we conservatives are thinking. And that, if, if there's any hope, that's the way to argue it. Yeah, it's so wonderful and powerful. I love it when yeah. I just say to someone who is liberal, I say, well, what do you really want? Yeah. How does the world look? Yeah, you're very effective. I've noticed that. You, you talk about it. Um, I do something very similar, uh, which is I ask, okay, that's great that you love minimum wage, for example. I totally understand uh, why you want that. And, and I, I can see that you're a very uh, uh, thoughtful person and that you want best for American society. Uh, but do you think there are any consequences for that? That's as I, I ask the consequences question. I think it's very powerful, and and they say because it forces them into position to either say there are uh, to even think that there are consequences or that there are no consequences at all. To actually say to you, no, there are no consequences, and you can easily retort to that, right? To say because everything has consequences. Right. Sure. Of course. <laughs> right. I mean, just walking out the door has a consequence to you know to the molecules that I'm that I'm pushing away the air molecules, right? Right. Just taking their side. What's the consequence of a fifteen dollar minimum wage to the liberal? Well, people get paid fifteen dollars an hour. Right. That's a consequence. Okay. There's a consequence. <laughs> are, and are there any not negative consequences to it? And then and they say there's no negative, and you'll say. Really? Are you sure about that? Absolutely none. There's no. You can't possibly foresee the possibility of a negative consequence. Well, I guess I don't foresee. I. I well, what do you, what do you mean, Barack? And then you say, well, look, here's a possible one. I'm not saying that's right, but just you tell me. What do you think the employer is going to do when he's forced to pay now fifteen dollars where he was used to paying eight dollars before, and he was and his profit margin was only two dollars at the point, and now he's going to lose all of that. What do you think he's going to do? Uh, well, he should learn to act better. Okay, well, but that's a negative consequence from his. He's got to change his business. And by the way, how is he going to change his business? How, do, you, do you know that he's inefficient? How, how have you decided that he's inefficient? Anyway, I go on and on like that. But it's, that's the most effective way to get to people. And sadly, the liberal cause is, is completely, they're so scattered. It's, uh, I don't know, it's like pigeons who have been at a, uh, you know, all kind of gathering around a piece of, of, of breadcrumb, and then the breadcrumb is taken away. What happens? That the pigeons kind of fly away all over the place. They're, 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 scattered they're, in they're disoriented, directions. right? Yeah. They, they have no idea where they're, they're going. They'll eventually reorient themselves. Yeah. But right now, they're, they're scattered to the four winds, which I'm very happy to see, of course. But, but, but you think that there's something uh, more meaningful than that. Um, I'm a less optimistic uh, so, you know, oddly enough, you and I, uh, we're on the opposite side of this, this now. Usually you're the, the pessimist and, and I'm the optimist. But you feel optimistic that this, uh, you know, heralds the, 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 the close of the Democratic Party that we presently see it as. It's, I think this is the close of what I call the 1974 to the present cycle okay. of it, where it's been getting leftist and leftist and leftist and ever oh, more. I see, I see. And it will, for, because the Democrat mm-hmm. Party, and this will not change, is obsessed with power. Yeah. And to have power, you have to win elections. And they are learning the hard le- lesson. They are being trained that the way you will win elections in the future, including California, is not through leftist policies that, that are devoid of any uh, basis in reality. A woman the other day said to me, um, when is Trump going to follow through on his pledge to be the president of all Americans? And I said to her, well, what does that mean? Well, uh, all Americans, aren't we all supposed to agree with him? And I said to her, do you realize how preposterous that notion is? Did all Americans agree with Obama, with Bush, with Clinton, with Reagan, with Bush, with Car? Right. Since when in a system of... Uh, 
free people voting for who they want to represent them in high electoral office, do we all agree right. on anything? Right. And why? And what kind of crazy world, again, the consequence argument, what kind of crazy world would that look like if we all agreed? Wouldn't we be incredibly bored? Why are we even having a discussion right now if right. we agreed on everything? Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> well, yes, it's the very right. reason why people are passionate about different things, too. I mean, it's as if, as, it's as if some uh, crazy uh, situation where a creator decided, okay, this person's going to be passionate about art. This person's going to be passionate about law. This person wants to be a doctor. This person wants to be a screenplay writer. I, it, and it just seems like uh, somehow they, they all kind of find their own way of what their passion is. We all seem to understand that this notion of trying to find your passion and hopefully even make a living out of it, you know, depending on what, what that passion is. But even if you don't have that, that, that passion particularly to make a living off of it, so what? So my passion, I, I love mountain biking. I love veganism. I'm not going to make a, a living off of either of them. Uh, but, you know, I'm good at the law and, I, and I'm, I'm passionate about that too. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Oh. And I don't. <laughs> I like meat. I like to walk. <laughs> That's right. He, he likes to lie down. In fact, he's lying down right now. He's not even sitting. Lazy son of a. <laughs> I don't know. How I, can... I love vegans because they leave more meat for me. See, it's a wonderful symbiosis. Symbi- symbiosis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very cute. But, uh, and, and today, uh, you were, part of what you were talking about had to do with a Facebook conversation you had. I had one about ISIS and um, their, their correlation for the kind of genocidal and Nazi-like behavior. The liberal who took me on decided to bring up school shootings. As a, now, yes, there are some mass shootings. It's a Venn diagram, remember? Right. There are some mass shootings that are terrorism. And then there are some mass shootings that aren't terrorism. Right. So how does discussing only mass shootings address the root cause of ideological terrorism when a bunch of these mass shootings are not related to an ideological cause but just, well, um, crazy people. Now, I understand. But, but I, I want to get back to the, the, the devolution of, of the Democratic Party because, first of all, that's a fantasy of mine, and I'm, I, I want to explore that. It's like, tell me more about, oh. <laughs> about, about the, the, this wonderful world that I might envision one day. It's like telling your kids about doggy heaven, you know, <laughs> where everything is great, you oh, know, and, and, every, and all dogs are yeah. sniffing each other's butts. But, yeah. but, but hang on. So I, I want to I see what it looks like a little bit more because I, I, I would love the Dem- Democratic Party to be a strong party to be a party, the, the Scoop Jackson party, right, where they, they believed at least in a very strong America. That's what I want. And uh, one that, that actually embraces Americanism um, and, and looks very much like the Republican Party is today. I just want them to compete as uh, who could be more uh, anti-regulation. Right. Who could be more um, you know, efficient in the world of uh, uh, medicine and helping out the poor? Who, who can, you know, how can we be that, the, yeah. just the most efficient in every way possible? Right. We want arguments between the two parties to go something like this. Republicans, we propose a 4% consumption tax across the board, replacing all income taxes. I say that's not good it, enough. Right. That, that, I say it should be 3.5%. No, no oh, more. I'll show you 3.2% and not a penny more. I say that his plan can't work, but... Uh, as much as I'd like to, uh, we we will try to do that, but we need to have core changes in our government before we can change it to 2.9%, but that's what we should be focusing on. Okay, this is my final <laughs> offer. Zero. And then we go, deal. <laughs> right? That's right. That's what we want. That, that would be the greatest thing. And 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 we should be competing on ambitions like the, the space age and everything else that we're talking about. Now, again, that's it shouldn't even be government involved necessarily, but but... The, the idea is how do we unleash the economy the best way? That should be the discussion. How can we bring the most people under the tent of, of great success and, and lift up everyone from, from the boats? And instead, what they're doing is they're doing potshot arguments, the little things that they propose. And those little things are always about giving money here and giving money to that program and to, the, to these people and, and to look at this skin color and versus that skin color. It has nothing to do with what will actually work, but it, it certainly does uh, respond to what makes people feel good for the moment. We had this discussion a long time ago, right? The, the, the podcast, one of our favorite podcasts, which is the, the conversations... We should be we, having. 
that we yes. should be having and the com- versus the conversations we are having. Yes. And it was, it, it was like we both realized, oh, my gosh, this is, this is really fascinating because the conversations we, we are having, meaning you know, the, the political discussion, is inane. It, it, we shouldn't be here. We, we should be way past this discussion about taxes and, and affirmative action and minimum wage. It, yeah. It's all nonsense. Those are pot shot arguments. Whereas if we just focused on uh, free market capitalism and God-centered free market pa- capitalism, all those things would wash away. We wouldn't be discussing the, the minimum wage. There would be no need. It would be silly. It's, it's like, uh, you know, it would be as silly as saying nobody should be deprived of the ability to be in diapers, right? I mean, you wouldn't have that conversation. Yeah. But, you know, if people want to continue being on diapers, in fact, we should encourage them to be in diapers until they're 26 years old. Oh, that's right. They already have that in Obamacare. But, but, but I digress. The, the point yeah, is. Yeah, but Obamacare, I'm going to do my Nancy Pelosi, but you see, Obamacare, Obamacare lets them wear their, their parents' diapers until they're 26. <laughs> oh, they don't have to get their own diapers <laughs> until they're 27. Oh. <laughs> that's a good impression. Very good impression. I applaud I'm, you. I'm very, very talented, you know. Um, so, but, but look, I mean, what I'm talking about is the conversations we should be having, and, and we're just not going anywhere. And at some point, maybe the Democratic Party will you know, gather together and say, we've really screwed this up uh, for so many reasons. First, ideologically, right? They, for all the reasons we just talked about, this thing about providing social universal health care, that ain't working. Um, this notion of the minimum wage and this notion of, um, you know, the welfare for everybody and letting immigration in, you know, haphazardly like that. And, and for example, for, for that matter, recklessly, that ain't working. The, yeah, the, the notion of yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, chaos, it's, is, yeah. chaos is not working. And then secondly, beyond the ideological, there's also the personality part of it, which is they don't have any young coming, coming up in the ranks. You know, you've got Pelosi, who's, you know, I think 172 and uh, she looks like she's going to be 272 soon enough. But she ain't changing. I mean, it's, it's like uh, this monarchy has got to stop. And they treat themselves like a monarchy. Clinton herself is, is quite old. She, she shouldn't run again if she plans to run again. She won't, can't possibly win. And uh, then you've got Bernie Sanders, who's even older. And Obama wants to hang around in Washington and still be the mouthpiece for the Democratic Party. And he doesn't, he doesn't understand that, that it's because of him and his policies that his party has collapsed and he's just not making room for anybody else. So it's a big problem. At some point, they're going to have to gather the pigeons together, yeah. and they're, they're going for the right piece of bread at some point. And, and I, I, will they, and this is where the, the pessimism com- comes in, will they, in fact, decide to change the message? I don't know that they will. I don't have as much confidence. Of course, they should. Uh, we, we know that. But will they have the, the huevos, the, the, the you-know-what? To, to decide, listen, guys, to, to hold up a mirror to themselves and say, We're, we've screwed up. No, nowhere in the near future, because in their power bases where they rule, if you will, right now, they have no discomfort. Um, and think about this. The only young up-and-coming stars come out are essentially out of California who have no national appeal. Yeah. Kamala Harris, no chance of winning nationally. Gavin Newsom, Antonio Varagosa, scandal-ridden freaks, any of the other young up-and-coming Democrat Party lunatics from these areas have no future beyond California. Right. And that only holds if California's electorate stays the way it is and the the people in the inner cities don't wake up and see the change in their life that's coming over the next four years, which will be massive. Yeah. So they, they will, by necessity, have a new... Uh, crop of people. The other thing is we talked about offline, this idea of fighting, uh, kind of like Don Quixote, tilling at every windmill. Ever since election night, before election night too, but on election night it became uh, apparent to all that what their destiny was going to be because it was an election, right? This guy won, you didn't. Instead of regrouping and saying to themselves the obvious, which is, you know what? 
we're basically running a corporation selling VHS tapes to the public, and it's not working. The public is buying Blu-rays and doing streaming video. All we have is VHS. Right. (laughs) Okay. Sure, it comes in any length you want, and (laughs) but uh, there aren't even players for it. It's it's a perfect analogy, really. They're selling a product no one wants. Right. Rather than immediately regrouping. Oh, it's, it's worse than that. It's beta. <laughs> beta, beta, Max. beta Max is at least in some circles used in some professional applications. It, it, you get the point. It's yeah. tape. Yeah. It's, it's analog tape that right. no one uses. And instead of regrouping and saying, gee, product we're selling really sucks. Let's stop selling it and figure out how to take our ideas and package them in a way that at least looks like the people want, right. if not make something the people want. Instead, they decide to till at every insignificant molehill. We all knew, and this makes a point, so I know this goes a little extended for you. Uh, we all knew the main battle they needed to stake was the battle against the Supreme Court pick. Okay? Yep. That's, that's their that's future. Right. They rule in the courts. But they wasted, but they, they they, wasted yeah. their load on... Election night fraud, Jill Stein recounts, all these attacks, Hillary Clinton's behavior election night and all the crying and whatever happened with that, up to... Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, all the... The the immigration uh, fiasco, so-called fiasco. Right, fake news, the Russian hack, James Comey's interference... All this, these little piddly little squabbles. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the immigration, the, sorry, the, the attendance at the inauguration, all that, all right. this stuff. That, everything has to be, you know, an, a, a, this one goes to 11, so to speak, right? Yeah. It, it, where, where some conversations shouldn't, should be at zero, they're making it at 11. Who cares about the inauguration uh, estimate? And, and the media, and they, they accuse t- uh, Trump of not letting anything go and tweeting about everything. And to some extent, they're right. But the media doesn't let go of anything. They're, they talk about everything, no matter how inane or unimportant it is. And then we come up to, as you say, and it's, it's a brilliant point, Ari, that they, although I'm the one who's supposed to be brilliant here, and I really, it really just angers me to no end that you, you, when you come up with brilliant points, knock that crap off. All right. Okay, okay, sir. I'll just put the buttons and see what happens. <laughs> That's all I I'm ask. Sorry. Is that, is that is that is that enough? Isn't that enough? All right. But your point is good, which is that the Supreme Court nomination, that's a big battleground that you want to fight. And that's a reasonable battle to have. Right. It's an idea for, for your entire base. If the pro-choice, pro-argu- pro-life argument, Roe v. Wade's uh, a perennial existence right. is your big concern, the way Second Amendment rights are ours on our side right. of the aisle, you should have pitched your forces at that crossing right. and left them there and not activated them until that battle took place. Yeah, and then and Instead, they scattered their troops everywhere, not realizing now that the Republicans are well defended uh, on the Supreme Court uh, battle, not the nomination battle. And it's the same thing is true with the um, with all the other uh, nominations, including Jeff Sessions and otherwise. That's right. These guys are going to get uh, the, the nominations are going to be approved and and uh, they're just going to have to live with it at this point because they had the shot their wad. They have not expended their considerable resources uh, there are limited resources, actually, in the defense of these nominations or the fighting these nominations. Instead, they're they're shooting everywhere. They're they're it's and that's childish. It's a good point. I like yeah, that a lot. And then and then to just really complete it, the analogy from earlier. They're like a lone rider on a battlefield, thinking there's an army behind them called the media, but they don't understand the media has been ne- neutralized in two ways. Number one, because the media acted on their instructions and fought all these, tried to fight all these battles and engage Trump directly, the media's credibility with the general public of normal people fell and fell and fell. And uh, um, the media's ammunition is credibility. Yeah. No credibility. You've got guns that can't shoot bullets. That's, and that's now, so true. And, and the, the polling, the predictions of uh, Hillary win, winning really solidified that. I think that was... If not the last nail in the coffin, um, a couple of the last nails in the coffin at the very least, you know, very close to the last nail. Very bad stuff for them when they made all these great predictions. Saturday Night Live, one of its skits, one of the mock skits that they do before the show where they're having the debate. And uh, Tom Hanks, who plays Chris Wallace, uh, you know, as the moderator, says, uh, let's let's say now, isn't it fair to say we we all know that there's no chance in hell that you're going to win this election, Mr. Trump? And they have Alec Baldwin playing, you know, Trump, of course, nodding his head in, in obvious agreement. Like, yes. That, that was the, the bad, uh, that was bad garbage that they threw at us. That, that was really, 
bad. And, and it, was, it was not just Saturday Night Live, of course. It was everyone. Everyone talked just like this, you know, from uh, Nate Silver all the way down. And uh, the credibility, I like that. The, the credibility is their one saving grace. This is the one thing that they're supposed to have. And when they're exposed to show that they're merely partisans, that they're just talking mouthpieces that pretend to be neutral, and, it, and it's so exposed at some point, uh, and it's too easy now for us to say, in hindsight, remember 2016, they got it wrong then, and boy, did they get it wrong. And why should we trust you now? That's all. That's right. all we have to say. And, and I make a, a wonderful analogy, or may I'll make it now. Remember when people like Andrew Sullivan made the argument that by pursuing gay marriage, it was an idiotic pursuit for the left because the idea of it ever being accepted by the mainstream was just preposterous. Yeah. But today, it's real. In 1996, when Bernard Goldberg came out with his book on media bias, only conservatives believed it. And most people said, well, it couldn't be that bad, even if there's an inkling. Nah, nah, nah. Now, just like with gay marriage, as how it's a law of the land, everyone with a brain knows about media bias. Yeah, that's true. That, that, that's a very good point, and it's, really, uh, has a, it's a very big fact on the ground. And if Now, here's an interesting point, and I think I'll conclude on this one point, which is maybe, maybe the Democrats, <clears throat> and this underscores your point, maybe the Democrats are understanding that they need to change the message because NBC seems itself interested in becoming a, a conservative channel because... Uh, you know, it, it, they, they must understand that they are operating like a, uh, that they have to operate like a corporation for their shareholders, right? I mean, they have a loyalty to their shareholders. What does that mean, loyalty? It means you've got to give them the most money. <laughs> give them the money. Means right? you need and if you're and, and, in the entertainment you, business, you need eyeballs. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You need to have people actually watching your show, right? You're, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna sell um, uh, snow sleds in 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 a jungle in, on the any country on the equator, right? It's just not a wise business approach. It's a poor business model. Let's put it this way: you, you will sell them in Alaska, but not on the equator, and. What NBC and other liberal media's uh, outlets have, have been doing is selling uh, news that nobody really wants to hear. And, and they're the, then they're so surprised that their listenership and their circulation has dwindled to, to laughable levels. And yet they still hold themselves out to be as great uh, purveyors of, of neutral and informed and reasonable and logical information when they ain't anything like it. And so NBC is now beginning to understand this, and they br they brought on Megyn Kelly probably because they perceive her to be uh, th that she'll carry the weight of her viewership with her. I think it'll fall flat a little bit for a couple of reasons, but that's not the important part of it. The important part is they're hiring a, a Fox conservative castoff. Yeah, a castoff, and they want to hire more people in the future. Yeah, and, and you know, lack of NBC News said go. we are going to be moving in that direction, meaning the corporate bigwigs at that huge corporation see money in. The, a new audience, and they were, they're the first moving there. And what's so important about NBC going that way is because NBC of the three big networks was always the most liberal. Yeah. So if the most liberal of those three networks is starting to move towards the center, we're not making the argument that they're going to become National Review. Of course not. So don't expect that. But expect incremental change over the long term. It's a wonderful watershed moment. They, they, could, be, they could do it overnight. They don't have to do it gradually. Because you just, we're not selling, a, you know, Apple did this, right? That, I mean, if you view it as a product, and you should, uh, you can say, look, we're, we're getting rid of this line, and we're opening up this new line. Yeah, but okay. I only mention incremental because there's culture, there's existing audience I members. I agree. It, it, you know, and all but, but, those but, things. But, 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 what, but what audience? I mean, they're not going to lose too many people because there are not too many people watching in the first place. That's right. And, and, and look, I, I advertise on a radio show. I you know, I obviously pay money to have my advertisement out there. And you know what makes a big difference to me? How many people are listening? Really? Yeah. Surprise. It's a shocker. I have no idea. It's not just the ideology of the show that matters to me. In fact, uh, from a pure business point of view, I don't give a crap about what the ideology is. If, if all pe I, I don't know anything about fishing, for example, right? But if, I, if this is a radio show that caters only to fishermen and those fishermen want need legal services in a big way, and they all happen to be CEOs, guess what? I'm on the Fisherman channel. That's what's going to happen, right? 
So it's not about the ideology. And NBC has, has got to wake up at some point and say, we've got nobody watching this show. Sponsors, advertisers are going to say the, the same question that I ask, which is how many people are watching? The eyeballs, as you say. And they ain't got nothing. And it's dwindling in numbers. Why should I pay you all this money when I could be going to Fox when they're paying, when they're, they have four times as many viewers? So it, it, it's so, such an easy business decision for NBC. And God willing, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be part of the conservative team. And guess what? You and I will watch them. We'll enjoy it. Anyway, that, that, that's the way it works in this very straightforward way of looking at market capitalism. Focus on the ideas that work, and the idea that works today and should forever is God-based free market capitalism. It has worked, it is working, and always will work in this great country of ours. We'll talk with you next week. <laughs>